but it was the mist-makers that the people of the island loved the most. These endearing animals are found nowhere else in the world. They are white and small, with soft fur all over their bodies, rather like baby seals. But they don't have flippers. They have short legs and big feet like puppies. Their black eyes are huge and moist, and they pant a little as they move, because they look rather like small pillows, and they don't like going very fast. The mist-makers weren't just nice, they were exceedingly important. Because as the years passed, and newspapers were washed up on the shore with stories of the world above, the islanders became more and more determined to be left alone. Of course, they knew that some modern inventions were good, like electric blankets to keep people's feet warm in bed, or fluoride to stop their teeth from rotting, but there were other things they didn't like at all, like nuclear weapons or battery hens and they dreaded being discovered by passing ships or aeroplanes. Which is where the mist-makers came in. These sensitive creatures, you see, absolutely adore music. When you play music to a mist-maker, its eyes grow wide, and it lets out its breath and gives a great sigh. Ah! It will sigh. Ah! Ah! And each time it sighs, mist comes from its mouth, clean, thick, white mist, which smells of early morning and damp grass. There are hundreds and hundreds of mist-makers lolloping along the shore of the island, and that means a lot of mist. So when a ship was sighted, or a speck in the sky which might be an aeroplane, all the children ran out of school with their recorders and started to play to the mist-makers. And the people who might have landed and poked and pried saw only clouds of whiteness and went on their way. Though there were so many unusual creatures on the island, the royal family was entirely human. They were royal in the proper sense, not greedy, not covered in jewels, but brave and fair. They saw themselves as servants of the people, which is how all good rulers should think of themselves, but often don't. The king and queen didn't live in a golden palace full of uncomfortable thrones which stuck into people's behinds when they sat down. They lived in a low, white house on a beach. And one year the queen, who was young and kind and beautiful, had a baby, which is where this story really begins. The baby was a boy with bright eyes, a button nose, and interesting ears. Not only that, but the little prince could whistle before he was a month old. Not proper tunes, but a nice peeping noise, like a young bird. The queen was besotted about her son, and the king was so happy that he thought he would burst, and all over the island the people rejoiced. As soon as the child was born, there were queues of people round the palace wanting to be his nurse, wise women who wanted to teach him things, and sirens who wanted to sing to him, and hags who wanted to show him weird tricks. But although the Queen thanked everyone most politely, the nurse she chose for her baby was an ordinary human. Or rather, it was three ordinary humans, triplets, whose names were Violet and Lily and Rose. They had come to the island as young girls, and were proper trained nursery nurses who knew how to change nappies and bring up wind and sieve vegetables. Having triplets seemed a good idea, because looking after babies goes on night and day, 
and this way there would always be someone with spiky red hair and a long nose and freckles to soothe the prince and sing to him. And he wouldn't be startled by the change, because he wouldn't be able to tell Violet from Lily or Lily from Rose. So the three nurses came, and they did indeed look after the prince most devotedly, and everything went beautifully for a while. But when the baby was three months old, there came the time of the opening of the gump, and after that, nothing was ever the same again. There was always excitement before the opening. In the harbour, the sailors made the three-masted ship ready to sail to the secret cove. Those people who wanted to leave the island started their packing, and rest houses were prepared for those who would come the other way. It was now that homesickness began to attack Lily and Violet and Rose. They loved the island and they adored the prince, but now they began to remember the